Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Six Rings. The dynasty continues. And football things. The X, the Z, vertical routes. I love football, man. With your host, Andy Hart. Well, Andy Hart is a football genius. I'm not going to pretend I sit down and watch the All-22. Next question, Andy Hart, please. Nick Fitzy Stevens. Is that Fitzy with you this morning? Absolutely not, Fitzy. This just in, I'm dead inside. And Chris Shine. Derek Carr, however, is a guy I would ride tonight. I think Matt Patricia's a boob. Once again, back to another exciting Six Rings podcast with Nick Fitzy Stevens, Chris Shime Time Shime, and myself, Andy Hart. And Fitzy promises to have his optimistic hope because the Patriots are back on the fields of Foxborough, fresh off our first day of media access to OTAs, which means we're talking about nothing other than Fitzy, the coaching staff, and their roles, of course. Andy, for the... uh... Super fan out there who feels like they know everything but still lacks a little bit of the situational football knowledge or encyclopedic gridiron brilliance that we possess as a hive mind here on Six Rings. What does OTA stand for again? Organized Team Activities. That's what they like essentially fun. are. Well, would you tell me then, please, why everybody wasn't there? Because it's an organized <laughs> team activity, not an optional team activity. But it's organized on a voluntary basis by the voters volunteer voluntary and not until june's veteran mandatory mini camp are players required to be in attendance so yes you had a list of players that were not in attendance and it's their right and i forget exactly how bill belichick uh phrased it when he did his pre-practice press conference but he said the guys that are here are working hard, and I'm sure the guys that aren't here are working hard, kind of, as he trailed off. Um, and there is a group of players, including key defensive veterans, Matthew Judon, Adrian Phillips, Lawrence Guy, who weren't at practice. Now, I don't think any of us is going to freak out over those three names, personally. Um, I think they have pretty good reputations as leaders, veterans, hard workers, performers. Um, they may even have very... Uh, personal and reasonable reasons for not being there um but the talk as i started virtually the entirety of bill belichick's press conference and then when i watched espn both sports center and first take they were fixated on how bill belichick is handling questions about his offensive coaching staff which we've done prior podcasts on joe judge former special teams coach is the quarterback's coach he's indeed with mac jones when we look out there Ugh. All right. All right. Let's just wait until we get to the how yeah. do you feel about God? Sorry. Shime. Sorry. Sorry. It's yeah. just it's, it's like an involuntary reaction, guys. It just happens. I'm sorry. It's, boy, it's like Pavlovian at this point. Yeah, like you, hear, his little, you hear Joe little Judge and it's just provo- yeah, gag reflex. Yep. A hundred percent. You know, he's anorexic. You, can, you, can you see? See, he's anorexic. He's, he's got a bit of a weight problem. Um, so see, Joe well, Judge. We don't need to make that in. We're already into what insults. You, no one has even, honestly. Oh, don't call me Gresh. Uh, so Joe Judge is the quarterback's coach. He's working with Mac Jones, Matt Patricia, the offensive line coach. Bill Belichick uh, pretty much deflected any questions about needing to name a play caller. Um, I, for example, I asked him a series of questions that had very quick responses from Bill Belichick. Do you think you need to give whichever guy is the play caller a chance to prepare for that role in training camp and preseason action, blah, blah, blah? And he said, yes, sure. And then I said, do you have a date in mind when you might tell that guy when that will be? And he said, no. <laughs> so, okay, Sounds about good right. talk, Bill. We're going to move on now. Um, there was a funny exchange with Phil Perry, our buddy from uh, NBC Sports Boston, the senator, where he asked about play calling right now. And Bill was like, what do you mean? Mini camp play calling? And yeah, what, are call, like, what are we going to call mini camp plays? Well, pretty much, yeah. Every time an offense is on the field, Somebody needs to tell the 11 guys what to do. They can't all just go out there. Is this jazz? We're just going to just make it up as we go along? We're like, yes. Yes, Andy. That's really comedy? what it feels like. like right dancing. now, it feels like the New England Patriots are doing 
session jazz offense. And they're just sort of like trying to figure out like who's going to be the rhythm section, who's going to take lead, uh, who's going to be the star and who's like, and they're and the biggest and the craziest thing really, I should say rather is that they're switching instruments. Like usually, you know, like there are some people that have the ability to just play everything up and down the woodwind family, percussion, strings, et cetera. But at this point, the Patriots are just kind of like, all right, on in this round, you be on drums. I'll be on the Hammond keyboard. You get the upright bass. It's like a cosmic and gumbo. Sex, it moves to the beat of jazz. Honest to God, like, am I am I watching the Patriots prepare for the 2022 season, or am I at a friggin' fish concert? What are we doing? <laughs> Here's where I, I, you've already gone off your uh, Patriots no, super fan Andy, positivity mode. negativity. Know, I, Andy, I was a little disappointed to start the week because I saw that USA Today article that I helped blog for WEI.com about the Patriots only finishing third in terms of obnoxious fan bases in all of American professional sports. I'm a little disappointed. We used to be the best at everything, and now we're only the third most obnoxious in the country. Well, so you can tell, I, obviously, there's a burn in my saddle and a little bit of a red eye. I got a chapped ass. That said, I'm going to I'm going to go right back into my lane because I'm not nearly as worried as you are after yesterday's Oda's. OK, well, so I, I want to say observing practice, which is all we could really do after Bill wouldn't really add much insight to the roles and the play calling. There was definitely a lot of time spent with Joe Judge and Mac Jones and Mac Jones going to Joe Judge, then going to the huddle, them sort of running plays. There were some opportunities where Matt Patricia was involved in that process. And then later in practice. There were some times when Bill Belichick was the guy that the quarterback was running over to and back to the huddle. Kind of like high school football. You watch those games where the quarterback runs off for every play to the head coach comes back on. So Bill was involved with that process. And it got me thinking. We took some heat for saying Bill Belichick is spitting in the face of specialization. Is that how yep. you want me to say it? Correct. Fitzy, specialization. Special, uh, specialization. Specialization. That's a theory. And I still don't totally poo-poo that entire discussion we had in that podcast that people can go back and get on Spotify or the Odyssey app if they want to update themselves on that conversation. But maybe we missed the point. Maybe he's not spitting his face in the wind of specialization. Maybe he's embracing specialization more than we could ever think. Chris Scheim uh, is giving me, All right, giving go, me yeah, no, go, As they say, go on. <laughs> so... Is it possible, given some of what we saw yesterday, which may fall in line with this thinking, that the Patriots actually have a, much like many college football teams, a run game coordinator named Matt Patricia and a pass game coordinator named Joe Judge, and that it will be overseen on some level by, I'm guessing, Bill Belichick? Mm. Because the one name I knew need to eliminate somewhat based on one day of observation of the practice field, unfortunately, was my guy. <laughs> Nick Cayley, oh. who, who appears to just be the tight ends coach. He was like off on the sideline with his guys, like sending them in, sending them out, but not really uh, overly involved on a more uh, full scale level. So, Shime, yes, you've seen it, right? I mean, I think mm -hmm. one of the better examples is often, I'm pretty sure the Rams under Sean McVay, who is the head coach and play caller. We do yep. need to say that often have a passing game coordinator and a running game Correct. coordinator. Correct. Uh, Mike McDaniel, the offensive coordinator in uh, New York for the Jets, was the pass game coordinator for Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco. Right. Shanahan's another place where they do mm -hmm. this. Now, again, that's a head coach who's a former offensive coordinator. You don't have that here in New England. You no, have a you head coach who's been a head coach for forever yep. and was last a defensive coordinator way back in the day. But I do think it's interesting that it could unfold this way. I still don't exactly know what the, the technical execution would be on game day, how play calls would be done. But I'm starting to wonder if that is the format that they are using, the, so the one-game pass-game coordinator format. I would respond first with a question. Uh -oh. uh, All right, so crazy. Who is, who is calling the plays, though? So that's fine. You have a pass-game coordinator in Joe Judge and a, and a run-game coordinator in Matt Patricia. Who is calling the plays? The play caller. Uh, all right. Is it, is it, in this hypothetical, is it one of those two guys? I don't know. Or is it Bill Belichick? I, I'm, tend, I'm tending to think it's going to be more Bill Belichick than it's going to be Nick Cayley, Joe Judge, 
uh, Joe Jonas, uh, Matt Patricia, or anyone. Of so those here's names. my, uh, you know, naturally expected negative comment. Oh, um, if you, I'm going to use a hockey uh, turn of phrase here and say, if you have two goalies, you have no goalie. Well, yeah, that works in all of sports. You got two shortstops, you got none. You got two yes, quarterbacks. Bingo. You got none. If you got, you got two, a closer by got, committee, you have no closer. Right? If you got you two got offensive three hosts coordinators, for a podcast, you have none. If you have two offensive coordinators, you have none. And if that's the case, you're flat out screwed. Even worse than if it was just Joe Judge. I. This is. It's so dumb. This is so stupid to me. I don't understand it. Belichick is a smart guy. He's proven for John, years. You're the best. But why does it I have to be dumb? Have like an analytical oh, wait, wait. adjective. And you go, it's so <laughs> yeah. dumb. If you were searching for a $10 word it's, and all you found was, all you found was a nickel insult. Sean, yeah, why does it have to be stupid. dumb? Why does it have to be stupid? Why because can't it be it puzzling makes, or curious or Because odd? it's none of those things. It is no, it's it is it is it is not Ooh, odd. It unique, is neither it is neither not, it is neither odd, progressive, obscure. nor obscure. In Genius. fact, it is flat out stupidity. You don't know that. Wait, I'm gonna mm, I'm gonna pump I the brakes there, because until it's executed, mm-hmm. you can't call it flat out stupid. When, when has when, okay? So here's here's the thing: if Joe Judge is calling the plays, you know they didn't slice bread until like the last seventy years. That's fine. Stupid. Uh, if Joe Judge is calling plays, uh, you're in horrible shape because you have a guy who's first of all never called plays, you don't calling know that. plays, and a guy whose offense was the worst offense in football for two straight years. So you have that guy, or Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you have Matt Patricia, who, to his credit, has some experience coaching offensive linemen. I I, I get that's the best I can say. Still, also, never called offensive plays. And then you have Bill Belichick, who Mm -hmm. uh, is, as we all know, the greatest coach to have ever lived. And what has he not done? Called offensive plays. So, ultimately... At any point in time, any of those three gentlemen will then call offensive plays, and it is stupid because How none of them have ever done it before. So, and to do that, so the Dolphins. No, wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me finish. Time out. Time Let me out. Just the Dolphins are porked. Why? Because Mike McDaniel. Uh, Mike McDaniel Doesn't has call plays. This the first play he'll call. Will be the first play he calls. Kyle Shanahan called the plays. It's become quite a trend in the NFL where guys who didn't call plays. Get job mm-hmm. where they're going to call plays. So hence why Kyle I called Shanahan. it progressive because Belichick may be, and considering the personnel they have, and we'll get into that in a little bit uh, as as well, boys. This may be Belichick not only kind of going with what works or what is au courant or the trend in the NFL these days. Shime, this may be him, sort of, shall we say, steering the offense toward what his personnel does best, having Which like. Is- what just sit there and run the football? That's it. That's they're just going to sit so there and run the football in, in a league That's where it. passing is body left. You're just body going right. to lose. Like oh. you're just so, not going to be, oh. to be able to keep up. So who but, said they can't pass? Like where did that come from? Well, no, no. no I'm just uh, Fitzy just said that they're going to do what their personnel is dictating, which sure. I asked is run the football. They said he said yes. No, so the they're field. going to get out in space and be more unpredictable. Spread the field. How can you be unpredictable without playmakers? Who said they don't have players? Who said they don't have what? We have been saying that. Wow. We have been, have, we have no, no, been roasting they don't them have for not having great this playmakers. This is disappointing. I'm, they, I'm the comment section now. Get this guy Shime off. Oh, please. <laughs> well, they don't have elite playmakers. That's true. They don't have an all-pro anything. That's a fact. Yep. They may not have a Pro Bowl anything, but they do, they're not incapable of making plays. I think there will be a lot of pressure on Mac Jones to utilize his complementary talents at a high level, but I'm sorry. They have some guys that can make some plays. Like we're yeah, make a this- couple plays, but they don't have they don't have a guy when the chips are down and it's third and twelve and you need a first down. Who are you going to? So you go home? Is that how that no, works? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that you are limiting the possible creativity of an offense by putting guys who are inexperienced at creating a great offense in charge of the offense. So who and are you so gonna put thus- him out? Who are you going to put in place that's capable of making chicken salad out of chicken bleep that you're describing? I mean, so there was a free agent out there who happened to be the architect of the greatest college offense of all time in Joe Brady, and he Why just was went he and signed the team. Why was he available? Because Matt Rule Matt didn't Rule's give him an effing quarterback. Matt, Matt but he got canned, dumb, right? He's yeah. so great that he got canned. According to Matt Rule, he got canned because it was to the benefit of Joe Brady to go search out other opportunities. Sure, he canned him. If Joe Brady was so great and they were rolling, he'd be in Carolina. 
did Matt Rule realize that he was standing aboard a ship that was on fire and sinking and said, go, go be free? Okay. You want to know what else you could have done? Could have gone out and got Bill O'Brien. But you didn't Maybe. because Belichick was like, nah, I don't want to do that to Nick Sa my buddy right. Nick Saban. Right. Or he wouldn't let him out of his contract. Like, we don't know. We don't know the exact details. My point is, yes, there are names you can throw out there. Yeah. But they're all going to be question marks. Uh, Shine, okay, Shine, the, the, here's one thing the Patriots do consistently, aside from infuriate you and or, quote, do stupid things. <laughs> the Patriots <laughs> stick to things that have worked for that. Bill Belichick is such a traditionalist. This man does not order off menu. Like he, he gets what he gets. He uses what he uses and he knows what he knows. And by bringing in Matt Patricia, bringing back Matt Patricia and especially bringing back Joe judge, he's bringing in a bunch of guys that he thinks can in this sort of hyper specialized way, as Andy has been detailing for us, or at least tried to before you just brought on that tsunami of negativity moments ago Somebody's that can basically help him further develop and evolve the offense that he's been working with and around for 20 some odd years in the Patriots system. I but listen, I don't think I would have preferred an offense. Like that's the, that's the major issue. Like when have they indicated to you that they've ever in any situation in its entire, in, in history indicated to you that they can evolve and elevate an offense, especially Joe judge. I'll be the, I'll oh, be the first one. The Patriots to, or these, these no, coaches? No, no, no. I'm talking coaches, specifically Andy. about Joe Judge and Matt Patricia. Well, they haven't. So they Bingo. haven't. They just ha nor has, nor has Joe Brady at the NFL level, nor has Nick Cayley. Like there could be more. Nor has Ken players. Dorsey. Right. Nor right. has Mike McDaniel could fall flat on his effing face in Miami. And everybody sure. thinks he's the uh, hottest thing fingers around. Fingers crossed. Oh, I can't wait to see it. Come on. I, I'm like, there's unknown just, involved with promotions and job changes and title. Like, that's just the reality. That's the fine. The Greg Hill show could have fallen off the wheels when you took over the producing duties, correct? It didn't. Nope. You're good. You did the job. No yeah. one knew for sure. But this but this is the thing. I had experience doing the job. Joe Judge and Matt Patricia do not have experience doing this job. Correct. But I, doesn't oh, Bill Belichick on. believe I, that they have NFL coaching experience and thereby they will be able to apply their professional level coaching experience and the familiarity they have with plays being called into this new shime into me, this new offense. And I get it. It's weird for all of us. Is This is something like we're all just either going to have to get on board and embrace it or we're going to be miserable all year. And this is coming from a guy, admittedly, I wanted nothing more. I wanted a big old slice of B.O.B. I wanted my Bob. I wanted my Billy O'Brien back because I thought he would have been perfect for Mac Jones, considering how familiar they both were with the offense that Mac succeeded with and then taught to Billy O'Brien. But here we are, Shime. I Why not need, embrace so, what the positives that can come from it as opposed so, to just constantly crapping all over it? Well, so because I don't see any positives to it. So I need here's here's what I need. I need someone to give me legitimate reasons why there are positivity outside of. Well, Belichick's a great coach, so we're gonna we're gonna rely on his resume, and we've never seen it before. If you can give me legitimate reasons why this is a good idea, outside of those two not good answers, I would be happy to oblige. Because they're going to evolve an offense that some people believe grew stale under Josh McDaniels. That Who's evolving an offense? The coaches, including Bill Belichick, the greatest of all time. So two guys without offensive coaching experience are going to evolve an offense when, as head coaches, one of their offenses was the worst in the league not once but two years in a row, and another one couldn't win to save his life when he inherited a 9-17. and yeah, I, I didn't say okay. there. So again, not so a why, good reason. So why try new things? Why I, ever I, I, hire people? Try I am new into things. Into trying change. new things. Yeah, that's, no, that's it. That, no, that's what you're it's getting good. at. Same thing. I, I don't like really like this. I'm going to order it anyway. No, go ahead. I that's love trying new things. That's one of the reasons I enjoy Kyle Shanahan. I think he's very innovative. I enjoy trying new all the way till the end till he chokes on it. Coach in How, the history of sports. However, how's Trey Lance doing? Kyle Shanahan's chosen one. Oh my God! Well, no, it, I'm just asking. The God of football he has, that he you put all the He was a rookie last year. He's barely played. Who picked him? Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. Who, yeah. Oh, so so now it's going to be John Lynch's fault? I didn't say that. I said they both picked him, didn't I? I included his name. 
And that has think, nothing to do with the conversation. All I no, said was, as an he offensive coordinator, I'm not saying he's a good things, GM, Andy. This has stuff. nothing to do with his general managership. It completely no. is only about the being an offensive is, coordinator. He decided he wanted to change things. You think he's a great coach with a great track coach, record. Coach, not GM. I think he is a very innovative offensive coach, is exactly what I said. That's okay. why I enjoy him. Except he can't win unless Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback and he can't win with his chosen one because he won't even put his chosen one on the field. He got to the freaking Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. No, Who, oh, that's my no, that's my point. Jimmy wins. Shanahan doesn't. Oh, my. Yes, so Jimmy wins but can't complete that one pass that would have won them the game. Got it. Yes. Okay, got it. I mean, the facts are the Makes facts. Sense. Shanahan's record with Jimmy and without Jimmy are facts, correct? That's fine. Okay. Okay. So and CJ Beathard. And that has, would like, also be most... my argument for Joe Judge in New York. I'm not a Joe Judge defender or fan. How talented do you think the Giants are? Uh there were more they have more offensive they had more offensive talent than the New England Patriots. Uh, is their quarterback uh, any good? I don't, I don't know, know the answer. Doing. I'm just I, asking a question. I mean, he's not that much worse than Mac Jones. Yeah, I don't know that. I, I don't know the answer. My point is talent matters too. I think that's yes. gonna be a big factor for these New England Patriots. I think this is a little bit of a Belichick smokescreen. Let's get everybody talking about the coaching staff so they don't break down the roster and the talent that's available. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think the roster is very good either. I've been saying that all. I mean, I've been parroting those things for weeks now, like months. It's like, not joy. new. I, it's just like, what I don't like people are trying to. Not. Hey, no, no, let's do it. Let's do a quick. I know this segment's coming to a, a bit of an end. I don't yes. even know if. Shine oh, no. Him. What a I, bummer. Shine, can I get you to say real quick, just yep. off the top of your head, Three things nice about the New England Patriots football team. Sure. Um, I really like David Andrews. I think he's an exceptional center. <laughs> Did I ever tell you guys about um, the time I, I spoke think... to David Andrews at the draft? Yeah, stop it. <laughs> it's a call really, it's a callback, Andy, you I dummy. Love, I love the tandem of running backs. Um and He's struggling. <laughs> struggling. Uh, uh, I I really like uh, some of the safeties they have. I love the combination of some guys of like the safeties. Adrian, thing. Yes, I like the combination oh. of guys like Adrian Phillips and Kyle Duggar. Those are three nice things. That's the best wow. you're gonna get out of me. Like, you didn't not, even pick the easy ones. I mean, it's like pretty superficial and simple to say they have the greatest coach of all time and they have a Pro oh, Bowl yeah. quarter, Pro Bowl rookie quarterback who led his team back to the postseason. Yeah, I still don't think the quarterback's that good. So that's uh, I know, but the facts I, say he was a Pro Bowl rookie say, quarterback not, who I'm led not his team say to the postseason. Nice about a guy that I don't think is that good. It's not I nice. Mean, it's a fact. Okay, like good for him. He was like the eighth alternate and he got to the Pro Bowl. Good for him. I don't wow. like. What, what did Mac Jones do to you in your dreams? Nothing. How did he hurt you, young boy? Nothing. Show me on the Shime doll so, where Mac Jones touched you. Overrated his season so 100%. much. You're you're a hundred percent. But exactly. don't tell and me it's he's not a good thing. He's not a good part of the team. You're not hopeful about him. If you, I'm not hopeful. I don't think he's gonna grow at all. Like he is what he is. He's Chad Pennington. It's not. Nothing's gonna change. He might get marginally better, but marginally better isn't gonna get you past the Buffalo Bills in Chad the wild Pennington, card round. Chad Pennington, the second best quarterback in the AFC East, other than Tom Brady, over the last two decades. Just by the way. Until I now, mean, Josh Allen. Until now. Yeah, okay, okay, until now, got it. Well, it was 20 years, and you well, picked yeah, the, the guy AFC who was stunk. the Yeah, I mean, to be fair, the Patriots could roll out of bed and win the AFC East every no, single year. To be fair, it's hard to play quarterback in the NFL, and I think that's what you were doing. I you're mean, holding there's Mac a million to a Brady AFC standard, not an NFL we all standard. really like. But you're holding him to a standard that isn't fair. Like, How? I'm, I'm not, not holding saying... him to a Tom Brady standard. What are you holding him to? Josh I'm... Allen? No, I'm just holding him. Josh to Allen, a, who might be the most physically gifted quarterback to hit the NFL, not named John Elway. I mean, when your competition is Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, I, I mean, it's like you have to measure up, and he just doesn't to any of these guys. Well, we'll see. Okay, yeah. And you, I mean, again, you have Drew Brees doesn't measure up to those on. guys either with the eyeball test. Drew Brees doesn't measure up to those guys. The guy He's going to go into the Hall of Fame as the all-time leading passer and all those crappy records. I, I I understand. I okay. mean, it, like I measure up, sure, yeah, height wise, but his resume sure does. It wasn't really a height thing. He's lost his belly, by the way. Quick update on Mac Jones. Much leaner. Although the him. comment of the day, I thought, and I think Shine will appreciate this. He spent about two minutes talking about he lowered his body fat percentage. He learned more about nutrition oh, yeah. this offseason than ever, and he's in much better shape. But quote, I still have to take hits, so I plan on bulking up a little before the season. I was like. Ooh, he's in his bulk phase. That means chocolate chip cookies and gallons of ice cream, baby. So, yes, Mac Jones is slim now, but plans on being fat by September, much like me. 
well, I'm fat now, but you know. I'm always fat, so it's fine. Uh, so we can uh, transition whenever it says in my chat. I, did, you were supposed to send me a 15 minute warning, and you yeah, got I was so a little fired bit, up. I was a little bit busy fighting with you about what it. What are so. we at now? What are we at now? Uh, 17. I can't make you the timekeeper. You get all passionate, ripping the Patriots. Hey, you know. So this is another passionate edition of the Six Rings podcast. If you want to interact with us, tell Shime he's a boob. Tell me I'm a boob. I like boobs. Maybe Fitzy's a boob. We're all boobs. Any of that. Twitter, it's at Six Rings Pod. The number six, not the word. Shime likes me to remind you. Yep. And Six Rings Pod at gmail.com. Later in the show, we'll have a couple listener questions via email and i always emphasize we want to be a global patriots community when they go to germany next year with sebastian volmer we want the german fans to be able to interact with us your gmail is the easiest way other than twitter to contact fitzy myself or shine so as we said otas are in full action that means mac jones was in full action and I want, I know, Fitzy, I'm sure you digested much of the coverage out of Foxborough. Mm-hmm. Couldn't how, get enough how, of it. How would you, um, what was the general reaction to Mac Jones's first practice from the beat, from all the people blogging and, and doing their various reports? Uh, the initial reaction was imminently positive, obviously, because... Mac Jones looks like he's taken on more of a leadership role. Mac Jones, as Kendrick Bourne said, has gotten into terrific shape, lost the belly, trimmed down a bit. Uh, Mac Jones, as was confirmed yesterday, also spent part of the offseason working with Tom House, the yep. famous quarterback guru, the throwing expert whose mustard app is helping evolve the game of many a high schooler and college athlete as well. So Mac Jones did, if you could create a even shine would have to agree type of create a Mac Jones off season checklist for things you think he will need to do to be a better quarterback overall to lead the Patriots better and to help try and compete in the ever improving AFC East and AFC overall, which has been turbocharged gone, nuclear atomic, however you choose to describe it. You would hope that he would get in better shape ditch the college frat boy body and start getting into a grown ass man's athletic body check. You would hope that he would consult with somebody who can improve his throwing mechanics, lead him to drive the ball further downfield and be able to throw the ball further. Because if he had a little more spice on the ball, he may have been able to complete more downfield throws last year, all the way up and until that amazing play was made by Micah Hyde in the wild card game up in Buffalo. And you would want to see, third, you would want to hear from him the first time you get real connection to the team, Andy. You would want to hear him sound like a leader. You would want to hear him sound like he knows this is his team. I would dare say the reaction yesterday from both media in coverage like yourself and beyond and all of the Foxborough fanboys, the Patriot honks, and the Route 1 Warriors would all agree that it sounds like this is Mac Jones's team. And based off the argument also from the coordinators and what in the first segment of the show, <clears throat> many of uh, some of us are still re recovering from that or experiencing uh, PTSD, uh, podcast trauma, stress disorder. Uh, I would dare say it's a very good thing that Mac Jones is being entrusted with more of the offense. Because if anyone has an idea what this passing game is supposed to look like, or if there's anyone you would trust, to run the passing game, it might be a kid who's whip smart, who did it last year, and is going to be the one communicating with all these guys and in integrating all the receivers, tight ends, backs, and more. So I think it was an incredibly good first day for whatever a May 23rd, May 24th check-in could be with Mac Jones at OTAs. Yeah, I think some people saw what they wanted to see, uh, mm -hmm. quite honestly. I, I would have predicted, I said it to Mutt um, late January, early February, First time they have a practice, everybody's going to be raving about Mac Jones, how he's throwing, what his body looks like. It was so predictable because people want to be positive. Well, people not named Shime want to be positive. They want to see. I always use the example every August, Patriots Hall of Famer, the newly minted Hall of Famer. People wrote stories about, wow, Vince Wilfork looks like he really got in shape. He's really redistributed his body weight. And I'm like, is everybody looking at the same guy I'm looking at? His gut is enormous. Like I wasn't hating. I was just like, that's who he is. He's Wait, are we talking about Mac Jones, the famous picture, Sean, on the cigar in the locker room, Mac Jones, like the same Mac Jones who 
uh, was heard time and again when Shime was helping produce the midday show with the Zach Gelb quote about eating like, cookies. so you just uh, take the 10 chocolate chip cookies and put them in the fridge, then eat them every night. Yeah. Like he sounded like such a him bro. And he was like, yeah, that was the nickname for him, right? The cookie monster. Well, but my point is, A, I haven't seen him with his shirt off. Does he look a little slimmer? Sure. That's great. He should be. He's been an NFL player for a full year now. If Does he, he look like he got up. NFL quarterback thick where he needs to maybe like, like in the legs so he can drive no. the ball. Did he broaden no. his shoulders a bit? No. Cause he was a little, he's a no. little slight for a quarterback. We'll say. If you want to compare him to Zach Wilson and the physical transformation that underwent this off season, Zach Wilson blows him out of the water, but that doesn't mean Which he isn't can't always be good. a good thing either though. No, to be fair. I don't care. Yeah. Brady yeah. Quinn was jacked and he was not a good quarterback. No, like agreed. he could bend. Ben Roethlisberger was fat for 20 years right. and he was, he won two it was a waterlogged right. corpse. And yet somehow the guy was good for at least a divisional round appearance. I have and no yet, idea how. Mike Tomlin never had a losing record, thanks to Ben Roethlisberger in part. Like, there's there's a reality that we look for what we want to see. But more importantly, I did see a leader. You said this is Mac's team. Like, that's obvious. It's Mac's team. It's Mac's offense. We know that Bill loves him. We know they all love him. The whole thing. Where I disagree with you, and you tiptoed into it, Mac articulated it post-practice. Yep. Joe Judge, he's got a lot of experience in football. We're going to teach each other, and that'll be the plan. Excuse me? Why is my year two quarterback teaching the coaches? I hate it. I couldn't hate it more. I don't think it could be any more unfair to Mac Jones. The most important offseason of his career, not in my opinion, in Bill Belichick's opinion, because that's what he says. Most growth you see is generally from year one to year two. And Robert Kraft emphasized at the owners meeting how important this year is for Mac Jones. And we're forcing him to spend some amount of time, energy, effort, in teaching Joe Judge, his coach? No, no, not how it's supposed to work. The pupil is the pupil. The teacher is the teacher. Why are we reversing roles? Why? Because the system is not great right now. The structure is not great. So I like what I saw from him throwing the football. He was frustrated with himself. I still think the most important aspect of, of Mac Jones's game is his head, his decision-making. I don't give a rat's ass about throws down the field 30 and 40 yards. I care how quickly the throws from about 7 to 17 yards, get there. Are they accurate, timely? Do they have zip? Because if they don't, he will never be great. That is where he has to be great. He's not going to be great chucking it down the field, and he's not going to be great dumping it off to the running backs. Great is going to be the intermediate throws if he has great in him. And there were times yesterday he wasn't great. He was pissed at himself. Kendrick Bourne, wide open. He didn't see him till late. He threw it. He still completed it, mind you. But it was in traffic now instead of wide open. And he was doing the punching himself in the thigh. Yeah, the thing. slap himself on the thigh yeah. thing. Yeah. So I don't mind that so much, by the way. I don't mind it at all. I think he's a great competitor. He's a, right. a phenomenal competitor. I need I my, I've everything. always, it, like, quarterback in the NFL falls into my uh, psychopath sort of like a hole yes. law. Like, I need my lawyers, my pilots, my surgeons, my quarterbacks, yeah. my starting pitchers, my closers. Assassins. I need them to be. I need them to be assholes, really. Like, I want them to just be like, what's wrong? with Work out the yeses and call them a-holes. I'm fine. But a-hole doesn't have the same effect, okay? Yeah, a-hole can be... just ran to their mommy. Fitzy oh. said a word I've never heard. Uh, if they know who Fitzy is, it's probably not the worst thing that they've ever heard before. <laughs> so Uncle Fitzy want... will teach you the wrong words. But I need, I need that out of him, too. Andy, I hear what you're saying, but the whole idea, like... You ha eventually, sometimes you're going to need to, you mentioned you put a little zip on the ball, a little miracle whip on the ball. Yeah. You need it from the five to 15 yard passes. Like you have to get the ball outside quicker so that you don't get that interception in Indianapolis in December when you telegraph the ball and that's it's kind of lobbed To me, in. that's the throw that will change his career one it, way. Of course other. it will. But like a lot of that also comes with, yes, the mechanics and repeating the throw over and over and being able to look people off and throwing off safeties and not telegraphing yeah. your throws. But sometimes also too, you need to put a little muscle on your frame and you need to work on those mechanics, which is why I think just overall, I was happy with everything that I heard from and saw from Mac back to what you said about him. Have like, we'll teach each other. Yay. Obviously that's, that is very concerning. I said from the minute one and teach him at all. Like you go to I the said doctor from, like, Hey, I read some stuff online. I wanted to show you some things before we get like, started. Like when like MD told me I had an alien inhabiting my body. <laughs> right. Yeah. But like when the doctor says to you like, well, this is new. Let's learn about it together. That's when you're like, and I'm going to be finding a new doctor. Take exactly. care. Now. 
No, I get that. I get it. Opinions on any of the number of shows you and I have guest hosted, co-hosted, appeared on, etc., and wherever Ooh. people will hear our Patriots takes. I have said priority number one all off season long needs to be the development, furtherment, and betterment of Mac Jones as he heads into year two. And obviously, he has done his part to get better, to try to improve. He's improving the body. He got a little more muscular. He worked with the throwing coach. He knows the playbook. Like he's done his job. We're all just a little concerned, kind of like Dan Orlovsky has been saying, like, the Patriots offense scares me. This is a big – this is not only is it like his, his – uh, did Orlovsky say on ESPN on Get Up that it's his biggest concern for the Patriots. He calls it, like, the most alarming issue in the NFL offseason yeah. 2022. Like, that's a big deal. Yeah, he's been beating that drum, and obviously, he's an NFL quarterback who had, I guess, borderline talents, right? Like, he was a backup quarterback. He wasn't, and he's saying, like, the development is critical. Like, the the way he is handled is critical, and he's been beating that drum for a month and a half or two months now, and for him to be as concerned, you know, that's that's alarming, I would say. Like, to use... uh isn't that Greg Bedard's word that he heard through the grapevine? Their players are alarmed with the coaching. From countless sources. Yes. I would just count them. I mean, really? They're countless? You're like 10,000, 11,000? How many? Right. Can like, you not count it, to 10? Yeah. Is, is two or three, by 10? the way, can we, can we qualify exactly what makes up countless? So in is, my opinion, that means you can't count on your fingers, so it has to be more than 10. I would like just one name, but it has to be more than 10. I mean, I, I got like, uh, and I, that was a pretty good one. So that's all I needed. Yeah, I... To me, countless imply like in modern technology, you have a phone that has every hey, you can see my kids has every text and call logged into it. Right. So countless yeah. would be no, no, no. I can look and count one, two, three. Oh, yeah. Six people texted me about that issue and four people called me. That's 10 people that I heard from from that. When issue. it's literally too many to count, that is countless. And I can't imagine that he has heard from so many people that he can't keep track of them, especially when. That is your job. And Andy, over the weekend when we were doing the radio on WEI, we heard from a lot of people giving brushback to the idea that he, instead of reporting, was kind of opinionating on the subject as well. Yeah. Players may very well have been complaining to anyone and many people within earshot about the lack of coordination and or direction so far with the offense and the offseason program. Uh, I know you've said maybe that's partially by Belichick to muddy the waters and throw people off the general scent of the team. I think it's because this is such a massive overhaul that the work in progress nature of it at times is going to have things stripped down to the studs so badly. People are going to be like, eh, shouldn't we be working on plays? We're going to be calling against Miami in September right now. Not kind of like, what is a forward pass? And, and one last thing on this topic. Um, I did think Mac Jones was um, proactive or aggressive in some of his answers and descriptions of what's going on. Like the best part is we're all on the same page and there's no confusion and this couldn't be going any better. And we know different voices like hmm, that feels like you were given a talking point or a certain level of uh, message to impart upon the media. So to me, the first day is a little too early to make those um declarations that oh we're all on the same page it's great now i will say will say just watching listening to kendrick Bourne, watching the practice mm. i didn't see any like what the bleep is going on out there moments where like oh we only had eight players break the huddle or we didn't have a, you know things we saw in the defense for example last year early in the year i didn't see any um simple chaos out there they had some they had a couple back-to-back -back false starts and then Belichick's just, just go, guys, just go. And here's a little side note that bothered me, probably no one else. Everybody ran the lap from what I saw, mm -hmm. except for Matt Patricia. Didn't care for that. You remember the offensive grouping? All the uh, Dante Scarnecchia, who was a machine like freaking Rocky Four, uh, ran it every time. But that kind of bothered me a little. But other than that, I didn't see any uh, signs of alarming coaching or chaos or dysfunction. But I also thought it was a little too soon for Mac Jones to say, nothing to see here. Move along. We're all on the same page. Well, so I like the way you said, what did you say? Simple chaos. There was no simple chaos. No right. massive mistakes as before. Obviously, there's time to clean it up. But we were all a bit alarmed by the mistakes made, especially special teams-wise, false starts, and uncharacteristic, very anti-Belichickian mistakes across the board on the team 
last year. Okay, so Mac Jones doesn't come out and look like Warren Moon yesterday. Fine, that's okay. He doesn't he have. He, I don't need him to throw like Jeff George at this point. Uh, I do like hearing that he's taken on more of the leadership role. I think it is definitely, um, you know, uh, to be sort of like Twitter trend, trendy. It's like Mac Jones season right now. Like that's what people are going to be looking forward to. They know they're going to have to rely on him more. Hell, that may even be what led Peter Schrager on NFL Network last oh, week God. to say his dark horse candidate for MVP was Mac Jones. It was laughable, but at the same, I know, I got it, I know, but it was dark horse. The most valuable chum in the water. No, most valuable player. Like in the in entire the NFL. Most about, yes, yes. Peter Schrager so went on the record saying. My retort, saying, by the way, was uh, I didn't realize non-playoff quarterbacks got votes. Which so was inter- which like, was interesting because once again, Pats died. fans love them some shime on that. But shime, I wanted to wrap up this, uh, having just been, uh, you know, irradiated by all of the uh, pa- Patriots love that you shared in the first segment in today's Tons. fabulous yep. podcast. Uh, with what you've seen so far, knowing how you felt about Mac Jones when he got drafted, knowing how you felt about Mac Jones and that it was an overrated in your estimation rookie campaign probably given more credit because of who he played for, not because of the way that he played. Do you think that now you've seen like the Tom house thing, he's bulking up, he's taken on the leadership role. Do you think in any way, shape or form, Mac Jones can actually outperform his rookie season and post more impressive numbers to a point where even yay, you, a Mac Jones detractor can get on board. I don't think so, and, and it's more so just because it's like I, I don't get me wrong. I think this kid is as competitive as competitive comes, but sometimes it just it just doesn't get you over the hump, right? You can be the uber competitive person and just not be able to overcome other obstacles. Like sometimes that just happens, and in my opinion, the talent there won't overcome the other obstacles around him, and unfortunately. He is just outclassed by the re- like the majority of the conference when it comes to quarterbacking, and I, I, it, it's I, like I, I'm sorry, he's not a bad quarterback. It's that's the other thing. It's like I know I rail on this kid. I know I'm super negative. He's not a bad quarterback. He's better than I could have ever been in my lifetime, no matter how many times I lived my life. <laughs> but uh, it's I, I when you look at the rest of the AFC, he just doesn't stack up, and I just I just don't think there's enough talent there to make him stack up as the great philosopher eric cartman once said absolutely sometimes your best isn't good enough that's how i think of mac jones i'm not the hater that you are yeah but sometimes your best literally isn't good enough you can be as good as your body your talents your preparation your competitive nature can be and you come up short because guess what other people are somebody better this isn't little league where we all get a trophy and everybody gets to play three this innings. This is the NFL. This is uh, the NFL. It's mm-hmm. the best of the best. That's the also, National Football League. And if I were going to quote Cartman about 15 minutes ago, I was thinking, screw you guys. I'm going home. <laughs> You're already home. And no one needs to. Oh, God. No one is ever able to, like, just absolutely <laughs> ruin the disguise or, like, the premise of a joke more like, again, I have said on this program previously that you are the best improv partner in the world. All right, Andy, here you go. Make sure you catch this red ball. It's not a red ball. That's a blue square and scene. <laughs> it's just... true. It's true. I make life great here on the Six Rings pod because that's how you want it. You want Fitzy fighting with Andy because... Where else do you get this? Quite honestly, where else uh, do you get this? Honestly, W E I on Saturdays, uh, but, but where else? Occasionally, whenever someone it's, are there other Memorial Day actually? Yeah, <laughs> Memorial uh, Memorial Day from ten to two, which is great. No, I mean, other than us, we give oh, oh, Patriots oh, yeah, fans yeah, yeah. a right. certain odd couple dynamic mm-hmm. inside of Patriot Nation, mm-hmm. and I firmly believe there are Fitzies and there are Andys and Shimes. All over the world, sitting mm-hmm. at bars, drinking their Miller Lite, and then their fancy triple-dipped IPA. Triple-dipped. It's not an effing cone at Dairy Queen. <laughs> but they're having the same kinds of arguments that we have here on the Six Rings podcast. I firmly believe that. Like, oh, 100%. This isn't 100%. BS. We have a unique set of three minds and viewpoints. We have a certain energy. set of skills, skills that make us a nightmare for listeners like you. Yes. Sometimes. Sometimes. Thank but you, Liam Neeson. If, if you appreciate it, if you hate it, I don't care. Just keep listening to the Six Rings podcast. Subscribe, whether it's Spotify, Odyssey, iTunes, wherever the hell you get your podcast. Leave a review. 
you hate Andy, great. Tell the world Shime and Fitzy are awesome. If you hate Fitzy, tell the world Shime and Andy are awesome. They probably hate me. And Andy will be the first to retweet that. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And if you want to interact with us, at Six Rings Pod on Twitter, at six, uh, six Rings Pod at gmail.com to email. Speaking of emails, later in this segment, we are going to get to some listener feedback and questions, but we're going to start off with a little, uh, I don't want to call it a game, but we are going to go rapid fire through some of the players that, for various reasons, were notable in Patriot mm. OTAs at Gillette Stadium this week. Uh, first, one quick note the weather was beautiful. It was mm. sunny, not hot, not cold, like a perfect day if I were out playing, wanting to practice football in shorts and T-shirts and, like, not work too hard. But Bill Belichick went a little old school late in practice. They did. I didn't count them. Had to have been more than a dozen old school, like, gassers, like true conditionings. Like, this is 1987 on a high school football field somewhere in no-name America. He wants his football team to be in shape. But that's a different topic for a different day. Chris Scheim time. What do you got for me? Uh, Andy, what was your reaction to Jack Jones? If I were like Fitzy, I would drop Mm -hmm. an F-bomb here and say, effing awesome. Jack Jones just wow. from really? one to from one to ninety, whatever they got on the roster right now. Jack Jones just became somewhere near the top of my list of players to watch. He really can effing play. He stood out as a as an athlete, as a physical specimen in the cornerback position. Drills like they're high pointing. Mm-hmm. And you'd think these guys that have played football for the last 8, 10, 12, 15 years would all look like truly elite athletes when they jump up to high point the ball. They don't all. It's a funny thing. They don't. You know, the old Charles Davis on your Madden? Well, if they could catch, they'd play receiver. And some of them looked terrible. He looked like an athlete. He looked like the guy that was a top cornerback prospect coming out of high school, went to USC, had some issues in quotes yeah, up well, there okay. i mean so, um, who who among us hasn't you know have broken into a panda express I was, I was gonna say robbed a fast hey. food establishment because you know could there have been some confusion Allegedly. they have samples the person with the tray he took the whole tray and ran and some cash and maybe some other stuff with it so like uh, and, a sample That's which one here. of us hasn't always the almost thought we were gonna lose our mind when we had that little orange orange uh chicken on yeah. a skewer at the mall they gave us a little sample we're like That's i gotta delicious. get back it's so um, good Jack Jones also spent a lot of time returning punts at the very end of practice. That confounded me. And did so with a a certain human being who may or may not be 70 years old, who may or may not have had a Celtics hat on and be called the GOAT, giving him rep by rep detailed coaching, which I thought was interesting. Very interesting. Wasn't that supposed to be what Marcus Jones was? That's exactly, that's why it confounded me. I read that, I was like, Jack, but I thought Marcus Jones was the elite returner. But you also have to remember, Marcus Jones had surgery on both shoulders in December and January. I don't know what uh, state of physical participation. Okay. As I joked to the guys on the hill while we were watching, for all I know, he can't lift his arms above his head right now to catch a punt. Like, he that could be sense. rehabbing. But Where was the know, joke in that? Shut your... What? Uh, we know that, Bill Belichick, if you're active in a special teams role, it opens the door for you to have a role on either offense or defense. Mm-hmm. I would like a role Jack, right now. Jet, look down. Every every time of day. Wow. (laughs) This is really, wow. This is the, mark this down, Chime. This was the first pod where it got personal. Um, (laughs) Like, I just, I take that one one to heart. Jack Jones, I love him. Okay. uh, Next name, Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker may have been the best receiver on the field for the Patriots. Kendrick Bourne looked good. Jacoby Myers looked good. But Devontae Parker, who we're not supposed to like report, oh, he's like, whatever, but. He was He's on the big. field with Kendrick Bourne and yep. Jacoby Myers. When he was in a grouping, those were the three. So it I like, like that. I like that. Three receiver set. Um, he had the deep ball play of the day. And if he had beaten anybody other than Justin Bethel, a career special teamer, I'd really be thinking it was awesome. Um, but he got down the field. He caught the ball. He looked healthy. He looked explosive. Devontae Parker for first impressions. Positive. I'll be positive, too, and say, look at this. When? Right, right now, Hold tight. All and right. say Mark if the hit. guy can stay healthy, he might actually make some plays for this team. Okay, but what does that mean? I know if I'm he just, stays healthy, he's going like, to make plays. No, 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 uh. like be like an impact player, like okay, have a thousand yards. Like 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put a number to it because I don't know how healthy he's gonna stay. But I I think he could he could be a, a determining factor in how good this offense is. If, okay, if so, he plays 14 games, will he be a thousand yard receiver? No. Oh. He needs all 17. Okay, so let me. All right, so let me then. I always love doing this. We'll or do a little. It, we'll do a little on the fly over under. Uh, Shime, number of games played by Devontae Parker this year. I will set the over-under at 12.5. That's a very... Oh, uh, I'm going to go under. Just just shy. I think he plays 10 was my number. 10 out of 17. Okay, Andy. Yep. Andy Hart, uh, number of receptions by Devontae Parker this season. I'm going to set the over-under at 57.5. I will take the under. Okay. I think he'll be right around 50. Because I'm that I'm factoring into that a couple other things. Uh, uh, you said complimentary receiver package earlier, which I agree with. Well, there's a lot of receivers. There's a lot of balls to go around, and I think Bourne has is probably going to get the opportunity to take a step forward. You know, I wrote this last week. Twelve games with four targets or less for him. I, that can't be the same, in my opinion. That has Agreed. to go up. He catches like seventy six percent of the passes thrown his way, so his catches, his targets are going to go up. I think Jacoby Myers will probably stay in the same ballpark, probably drop down a little bit. But I also, I don't rule out Tyquan Thornton. Like, you took him in the second round. Second round receivers in the National Football League in the years like 2020, 2021, 2022, come in and catch the ball. Like, they're they're playmakers. So, hopefully he has an opportunity. So, I actually think Devontae Parker could have a pretty big year, pretty good year without putting up silly numbers because of the nature of the complimentary uh, weapons in the offense. Yeah, and we'll see what he does for yards and touchdowns as well. Andy, I, before we get on to the next player, I just need to know, Jacoby Myers, did he look noticeably bigger because he put on the 25 pounds of muscle in the offseason? Yeah, I didn't notice that. Oh, okay, interesting. But, right. I, I mean, we're, we're, we're 40, 50, 60 yards away at times. True. You know who looks big? Okay. I don't know his name, but the, uh, the rookie punter? Now, it doesn't help that they gave him like Joe Tooney's oh, number sixty-two. One, right? Yeah, the un- the undrafted punter, but he looks like a guard. He looks a hell of a lot more like a guard than he does a punter, which I found wow. Oh, and by the way, Shime, you and I each need to take a lap after the podcast because two of our undrafted free agent picks yeah, to make an Gonzo. impact on the Patriots, Liam Shanahan, I think his name yep. was the former center guard from and LSU, King. and my guy Derek King Gonzo. By the I way, the punter's were- name is Jake Julian. Uh, I heard both your undrafted rookies were horrific in tryouts. Yikes. Horrific. Wow. Like so, so bad. They had to go immediately. Like y'all don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Here is uh, Andy. The next name for you, Trent Brown and Isaiah Wynn. So no Isaiah Wynn on the field. Oh, Trent Brown was on the field. He's hard to miss because he is massive. Although again, from like 70 yards away, I thought he looked a little trimmer. I thought he looked a little slimmer, Trent Brown. But more importantly, he was lining up at your left tackle position, just to the left of Cole Strange, just to the left of one of Shime's only three positives about the Patriots, David Andrews, who was limited Love at him. times, and then James Ferentz took mm-hmm. over. Uh, Mike Onwenu at right guard, and then Justin Huron at right tackle. I don't know if this is simply no Isaiah win, so move Trent Brown to left tackle, or... Trent Brown was a really good left tackle here the first time around. 2018, he was dominant. Healthy the whole year, too. Maybe you're a better overall line with him at left tackle. I kind of hope that's the case. Same. And and I know our guy, uh, Kyrie Thompson, he wrote about some of the position battles on WEI.com today and was like, you know, maybe win moves around or maybe win on a one-year deal for a tackle-needy team at $10 million, I think is a ridiculous amount of money for him because I don't think he's very good but maybe you can sucker somebody into a trade or a deal. Especially if somebody gets injured in the preseason Correct. and it's on a competing te- a good, competing team. Yes. Are you just looking for a draft pick, or is there something else the Patriots may need or we think could need that he would be worth getting? Like, they obviously stocked up at tiny cornerbacks in the offseason. They could use some more help along the line, but they have enough guard centers for three different teams right now. The one position that they really, really, really are, and they have tight ends and receivers out the wazoo, not to mention running backs. The one position I would say is of concern or of depth concern is tackle. Yeah, I mean, 
I don't know what Haran is in their eyes. Like, I'm always hesitant with these young developing linemen because I do think they can make big jumps from, like, I don't know who that guy is to, wow, that guy's pretty good. He's played a couple games, and I didn't notice him. And I would also throw in, I don't know why, I just think this Stuber kid out of Michigan, the late-round pick, could be in the mix there as a Oh, that's right, Stuba. I like it. I think he Stuba. could be a guy. But I just – I think – Next OTA, we'll see if Wynn's out there. If he is, where is Trent Brown? Where is Wynn if he's not? Because remember, last year, if I'm if my memory is correct, they did they could have moved Trent Brown to left tackle at one point when Wynn mm-hmm. missed time, and they didn't. So this they could have done that again. They could have kept Wynn, uh, Trent Brown at right tackle and put somebody else at left tackle for a practice, you know, if it's short-term with Wynn or whatever. So just keep an eye on Trent Brown, left tackle Isaiah Wynn. I okay. would be so excited if Cole Strange and Trent Brown was the left side of the line. Like that is 700 pounds of athleticism and agri- and muscle and like that. That would just be great. It would be awesome. Plus, in your area, Fitzy, I know my daughter's a big fan. And shouldn't there have been like a marketing angle with uh, Cole Strange and Stranger Things? Like their new season is coming out this week. Couldn't they have like? Well, they kind of went with Doctor. They went with uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness in their release graphic for. Cole Strange initially, and I'm sure they'll probably do something else along those lines as well. Okay. What do you got, John? Uh, next name for you, Andy, Cam McGrone. Cam McGrone uh, was on the field taking part. He's fully healthy, as Bill Belichick previewed and said, well, you know, we had him on the practice field late last year. We wouldn't have done that if he wasn't healthy. He is out there. I loved listening to him more mm-hmm. than watching him. He spoke. He was one of the, I want to say it was either six or seven players that held press conferences after practice, and his quote was, Somebody asked if he was nervous because of like the expectations and the potential for an increased role. I don't have a nervous bone in my body. I know what I have to do, and I know the time is coming to do it. I'm a sucker for quotes like that. I'll wow. be honest with you. You he love hard-o quotes like that. Like, I you're just do. Like, I'd much rather have a hard-o quote than like the old Mark Sanchez. I need to stop sucking so much. Like I don't want those losers on my team. <laughs> That's a loser mentality. Kim McGrone, I don't know if he can play, but he's got a winner's mentality. All right. Uh, and lastly, how about uh, Johnu Smith? Johnu Smith, I'm going to give you a, I'm going to give you a twofer because Ooh, I wanted to add somebody twofer. else to the list and I forgot to earlier. Um, for James White being on the practice field and taking part in some early practice drills, I'm a big fan of. Uh, older running back coming off a hip surgery is concerning right. to me, especially when he talked about this offseason going like three months without being able to get out of bed and having to like yeah. have the kids bring him stuff and all those things. He didn't take part in a lot of, like, the team drills and stuff, but just the fact that he had a helmet on, a jersey on, was out there, like, doing some bag drills, that's huge because I don't think they have a great backup situation for the passing back. I'm not sold on Ty Montgomery or Pierre What about Pierre Strong? Strong? Okay, but also for James oh, White, it's also – South Dakota State, he's just going to come in and do the job. Well, but what about, well, I also but for think James that they may be moving away from it, too. For James White – we'll see about that. That's an interesting idea, Shime. Uh, but what if – what if this is for James White? Like, obviously, it's very encouraging to see him out there. But what if, in his case, this is just knocking the rust off, getting back out there, like, oh, let's see how the old hip responds when we get out there, a little OTA. It's got to be a gradual process to work his way back up to game speed, competition, and, oh, I don't know, full bore contact. Oh, oh yeah. absolutely. Like, hip injuries to me are major. Like, they're like ACL, certain things you're like, oh, dime a dozen. Happens all the time. Hip back injuries over the years I, I always say this I think part of it literally for me is like um, trauma from when I was a kid and a big Bo Jackson fan and he had like oh he's got a hip pointer he'll be back next week and he wasn't he never played again they That'll had to be the, the end of his career yeah replace yeah. it like and so I, I think that's a big deal so him being on the field great John o. Smith on the field I think is great if you remember he missed some of this action last year and I don't know if that set him back I don't know if that set the the ball of disappointment rolling in the summer and the spring for him but he had a miserable year. And I will say minor thing that I think is kind of good. So that that uh, false start uh, combination of plays earlier, one guy who didn't move in false start, kept his hand in the dirt in his three-point stance, Jonu Smith. So he at least knew the snap count. Heads that's in the dub, game, baby. That's a dub. Starts with your head in the game. Small and then victories. The will follow. Yep, that's small where victories. we are right now, guys. It's only late May. We are in small victories territory. And to hear more positive then negative from you, Andy, or at least indifferent in terms of sort of like general visceral uh, uh, observations yesterday, like the fact that, 
You know, you weren't too concerned about the wee little uh, wisp of straw or wheat wheat strand wrists that Tyquan Thornton has. Okay, well, I mean, I, it was I know concerning. that we started on the the upper practice fields, mm-hmm. and he actually blew down to the lower practice fields. It was mildly concerning when he he started tumbling down the hill and couldn't control himself. But <laughs> sure, he'll get stronger. Right, Shine, but, but, you have emails good here. Yeah, we actually do have a listener email for you guys. Uh, so this is from Brian. Brian says, "Dear Sixers," which I actually tend to like. I kind of like uh, it. A lot of gnashing of teeth over this year's offensive coordinator, or a lack thereof. You've pointed out the Patriots are no better than the eighth team in the AFC, mostly based on quarterback rankings. Do you think Bill Belichick hasn't noticed this? His moves this offseason smack very much of a bridge year to 2023, and he'll be able to bring Billy O back to run the Belichick offense, which O'Brien had a hand in developing. BB's choice to not recruit or even name an OC or play caller leaves the door wide open for Billy O next year in a way that bringing in a promising young or even established offensive coach from elsewhere would not have. And quite frankly, there are way too many holes to fill in just one season. Get Mac another year of experience and try not to break him and then see a big year three jump under an established familiar OC who's worked for years in both the Patriots and Alabama systems. A note to Shime. Bridge year, not the same as tank year. I think Belichick will try, still try to win as many games as possible because he's chasing Shula. Tanking teams don't do that, but any move he makes this year will be the kind that helped next year more than this year. And a note to Fitzy, life expectancy in America peaked in 2014, plateaued a bit under the peak until 2019 and has dropped since COVID. We're back to the turn of the century levels, around 77, a little less for men per the CDC. It used to go up a little bit every year, but it hasn't for a while, and there's no guarantee that it will again. Keep up the good chatter, Brian in Nevada. All right there. There's a lot to chew on there. I was going to say, there's a lot of meat on that bone. So, So I would like to start by saying, if the plan, is to just like get through this year mm-hmm. and then Bill Bill O'Brien is in fact your offensive coordinator next year and that's exactly why Belichick isn't hiring or naming an offensive coordinator. Mm. I I don't hate that plan. That was something I had said months ago when I felt like this was going to be a bridge year tank year is a little extreme uh, in the first place. A little? Uh, a little, yeah. A yeah. lot. So, so that is a plan I am in favor of. I think if that and if that is in fact the plan, I'm into it. I'm okay with it. It's a hold the fort until Billy O'Brien can come back after he gets out of his deal. Okay. And if I was, if I was, if I even he Billichek doesn't even have to tell me, but if I was silently informed that that was the plan, definitely won't. (laughs) I would be less negative. Yes, um, I think it's a bridge year, not necessarily in in description just in in action i i think i don't think bill if you got him his little truth serum and you slipped it in his bud light lime on nantucket i don't think he would say yeah we're one of the best four teams in football we're competing for a championship weekend for super bowl i think he can be realistic when he has to be and i think he's doing things that help the team now i think he's trying to win as much as possible now but nothing that will hinder his ability to succeed moving forward with a lot of cap space next year, theoretically and hopefully a third draft, a third good draft in a row, building a youthful foundation, Mac maturing, maybe some stability or advancement with roles on the coaching staff. Yeah, I do think this is sort of a uh, a bridge to 2023. I think 2023 is the most optimistic and timely chance for Patriots fans to be expecting to compete at a a significantly higher level than they will this year. And other teams had been building up and around towards the end of the Tom Brady era to be ready for whenever he did leave, should it have happened. And spoiler alert, it did, son of a bitch. And I had heard that Belichick envisioned it being at least a solid quality three-year rebuild. The 2023 and beyond was when he really thought he was going to have this team tuned up and ready to compete. So uh, that wouldn't surprise me in the least. Last one real quick, though. Shime, this one just came in on the Twitter sphere uh, at Bottle Rocket. Dalton Keene, what's the deal? <laughs> Andy, what? Andy, Dalton Keene, what's the deal? 
Uh, yeah, I got nothing. I mean, uh, I, ooh, Andy Dalton Keene, a good before and after answer on Jeopardy. Sorry, that would ahead. be a good before and after. Andy, Andy Dalton, Dalton Keene. Wow, that's a nice little name name yeah. hybrid, a little portmanteau there. I like no it. one would ever get it because no one on the planet knows who Dalton Keene is. And nope. no offense to him, mm-hmm. as you said, Chime, he's better than I would have ever been. He's probably the best to come out of his hometown, his high school. Still like, thanks, awesome. He <laughs> doesn't I have a position. That's the problem. He doesn't like, have the, a future. The, is he going to be still the, have the mustache at least? I think so. I didn't yes. see him. I didn't. Is see he going to? He's not a tight end. He's not a fullback. Uh, is he a tight back? A full end? What are we talking here? Excuse me. He's he he's a he gone. <laughs> and uh, also, oh, and can we just while we're there right now, wrap it up? Uh, does Devin Asiasi make the team this year? Yes or no? No. No. Nope. All right, you heard it here first. <laughs> That'll do it. That's going to do it for another Six Rings podcast. I think we may have more legs and longevity than Dalton Keene and or Devin Asiasi in New England. At least we're crossing our fingers. Tell a friend. We're trying to grow our listener base. We're trying to grow our community. Next week's potpourri, we want your email or your tweets. So contact us at Six Rings Pod on Twitter, sixringspod at gmail.com if you want to email us globally. Everybody have a great couple days, and we'll be back later in the week, as always with a second round of hopefully more optimistic discussion from Shine. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I, I can't promise anything. I can't count <laughs> yeah, on anything. Promises. Fitzy's not a super fan. At least Shine plays his role. He's a Mac hater, and he's full of negativity and all that kind of hate. I'm Andy Always, Hart, I'm just I'm just objective. I just tell it like it is. That's my voice of reason on this podcast. Right, Fitzy? Why don't you go fuck yourself? <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. Thanks. All right. See ya. Guess we're going to end. Bye. 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 Not going to do it.